What is up, guys? This is the Fantasy Football Geniuses podcast hosted by myself, the professor, and my co-host, the scientist. Big shout out to No Hat Sports for giving us this platform to just share our thoughts on it. And uh, also another big shout out to Brew Mats. It puts the brew in the mat. So without any further ado, we're just going to go ahead and roll right into this. Today we are going first round. We're going to look at all the draft picks. If they have any fantasy implication, we're going to talk about what that's going to be. And uh, if it's defensive or offensive line, we're just going to note that and then keep on moving. So I believe the scientist has the first overall pick. We're going to be alternating picks. So if you want to start off. Yeah. So just keep in mind, this is a mock draft, and we are choosing who we think these teams will take, not who they should take, but who we think they're going to take. So it's three days before the draft starts. Let's get it rolling with the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, select Trevor Lawrence, QB from Clemson. And now we're moving on to pick number two with the Jets. What you got, Professor? Yeah, I feel like almost as much set in stone as that pick is. The Jets are going Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, they could maybe go Justin Fields, but everything I've seen has been Zach Wilson. They were a pretty bad team last year. I feel like, uh, you know, they're going to make some moves. They're going to get a new coach. So they should be a little better. But fantasy implications, this is pretty neutral to me. I think for a dynasty, this is a guy who wants stash, but redraft. This is kind of middle round type guys, not anyone that I would reach on. But I think in the future, this could be a pretty good play. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence is set up a lot better than Zach Wilson is. I mean, T-Law is going to have DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson. And then you got Zach Wilson going in there and his starting running back right now is Tevin Coleman. His wide receiver one is Corey Davis. Uh, Zach Wilson is is probably, in my opinion, the most likely to bust of uh, these top three or four QBs that we're going to talk about today. Now, Anyways, would, oh, would that ahead. be because his landing spot or what he has to offer as a player? Uh, mostly because of his landing spot. I think, uh, like I said, I think they're the weapons he's surrounded with, the offensive line are uh, generally a lot weaker than the Jacksonville Jaguars. But also, we only saw that one good season out of Zach Wilson, unlike, you know, with Trevor Lawrence and with Justin Fields. We saw dominance for three or four years. And I just feel like those guys are a lot safer than Wilson. However, I do understand the pick by the Jets. You know, he offers a lot of upside. Probably the best arm talent in the draft, I would say. Yeah, he's definitely looking good, but the Jets are the Jets. So exactly. it is all left to be determined. So I got pick number three for the 49ers. You know, they, they traded up, uh, what was that, a couple weeks ago. Gave up a bunch of other first-round picks just to get up here to number three. So obviously they're taking a QB. And this is like the biggest debate in the world right now is who are the 49ers going to take? With Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson off the board, it comes down to three guys. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. And all the signs, you know, in the weeks leading up to the draft have honestly been pointing to Mac Jones, which I'm just having a hard time believing. I cannot understand how they would give up all those picks just to move up nine spots and draft Mac Jones, who's like a slightly better version of Jimmy G or like Kirk Cousins or someone like that. 
I think it's the Mac Jones stuff is a smokescreen. So with the 49ers pick, number three overall, I'm taking Trey Lance, the QB from North Dakota State. I think, uh, I think you know, they're being honest about Jimmy G sticking around one year, and I think they're going to let Lance sit and develop behind them. And my God, when Lance gets going in this offense, it is going to be something to behold. So, you know, if they do draft Lance here, I'm bumping up everyone in their offense, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and whoever ends up being their starting running back. So uh, with that, I'll pass it over to you. Number four, the Falcons. Uh, before I go into that, I think we should note this is the premium spot to land. Let's not forget that not last year, but the year before, they were a Super Bowl contender. They were in the Super Bowl. And last year, I think they were the most injured team in the entire league. They're not a bad team by any means. They got Kittle, like you said, uh, Ayuk, Debo Samuel. They always have a great run game. And if you add the dynamic run ability of Trey Lance into this offense, I don't know how you're going to be able to stop it. So I really like that pick. But uh, going into pick four, this one also could go several ways. Uh, Matt Ryan is getting kind of old, so they could look to the future. But I think what they're going to do is go Kyle Pitts. From everything I've heard, he is the surefire Hall of Fame player in this draft. And I saw recently, I'm not sure if it was smoke screens, but they might be trying to move Julio Jones, which means they're immediately going to need a new dynamic playmaker to come in, take over that spot. And I'm not saying he's Julio Jones from day one, but he's definitely going to add a lot to that offense with that loss of Julio. So, I mean, I don't think anybody needs to even debate whether or not Kyle Pitts is a great player. And he should be going as a top five pick just based on pure talent. And, uh, I mean, if you could think about the Falcons, I know their defense is trash, but you have Ridley, Julio if he stays, and Kyle Pitts. That might be the best weapons in the whole league if they all pan out and Matt Ryan keeps playing pretty good games. So last year you saw multiple times they, they were throwing up like 40 points. I think Matt Ryan had 500 yards at least once last year, just explosive offense. You add Pitts to that. There's no telling what they could do. So number four, I'm going Pitts. Yeah, I like that pick for the Falcons, and uh, especially with the recent rumors that they might be trying to get rid of Julio Jones. I could see them adding Kyle Pitts, and I also think that makes Jamar Chase an option for them there. Right, right. I was thinking that, but... We'll see what they do. You know, I think picks number three through five are the most pivotal moments of the first round. Those picks will define how the rest of the draft goes. And I also wouldn't be surprised for the Falcons to maybe take a quarterback. I don't really know if they like Fields or Lance or maybe Mac Jones, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. Anyways, at number five, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, many people have been saying that it would be dumb for them not to take an offensive lineman. And while I do agree with that, I think the gap between – Jamar Chase and the rest of the receivers in this draft is much larger than the gap between Panay Sewell and the rest of the offensive linemen. So for that reason, I'm going to select Jamar Chase to the Cincinnati Bengals at number five. And obviously this is going to have major fantasy football implications. This is going to be great for Joe Burrow 
He gets his number one weapon bat from the greatest college offense of all time. Uh, for T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, on the other hand, this isn't the best news. I probably bumped T. Higgins down a few spots. I still think he's, you know, the clear 1B in that offense behind Jamar Chase. And Tyler Boyd is still going to get his targets. He's still going to be that, you know, solid wide receiver three, but obviously that this caps some of his ceiling week to week. Uh, this is also good for their running game. So what do you think about that landing spot for Jamar Chase and the Bengals? Uh, I definitely think the connection that they've built through their years in college is going to be very good. Translating over this, they're definitely going to have good chemistry. Uh, I really think, uh, like you were saying, tackle seems to be like the instant need. But with a guy like Jamar Chase, I've heard that he could be a more athletic, more dynamic Des Bryant. And he spent a lot of time analyzing his game growing up. And, you know, everything about him, you, you can't go wrong with that pick. It kind of just all depends on whether they're going to decide to guard Joe Burrow throughout the rest of the draft. If, if they go uh, Jamar Chase right here, the next two, maybe, or not next two rounds, but throughout the rest of the draft, they're going to have to go heavy, heavy, heavy on O-line. They have one of the worst O-lines in the league. But, you know, like last year, the Dallas Cowboys, they really needed everything on defense. C.D. Lamb falls to them. You can't pass on that. And this right. is one of those guys that doesn't come around often. So I don't hate that pick. But this one, like you said, these first five picks have a lot of ways that they could go. And this is another pretty pivotal one. So uh, I guess going on from that, pick number six, I would have had uh, Jamar Chase going there. But with him off the board, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go with uh, most people's wide receiver too, uh, Devonta Smith. And there's a lot of speculation on him that he's too small, but I believe he's able to create space in a very elite fashion. If any of y'all watched the national championship, I don't even need to explain. Uh, literally, the only hole in his game in it is his weight. I do think he could maybe bulk up a little, but if you can't cover him, he's going to get the ball. And I don't know. I, I, I just think uh, Miami Dolphins, they need a receiver desperately. I think he immediately becomes the best receiver on that team. And uh, with Jamar Chase, that's really one of the only options. Yeah. Uh... I like that pick for the Dolphins, you know. I think, like, like you said, Devontae Smith is instantly their wide receiver one if they do draft him. And I think Tua needs a guy that can get open at all levels of the field. You know, he's going to have Will Fuller stretching the field, Kasiki working the middle, but he needs that guy that can get open at the line of scrimmage. Tua can get the ball out quickly. That's Tua's strongest part of his game. So I love the pick. And I, I don't... You know, I'm not the biggest Devontae Smith fan, but I do think he's a top three receiver in this class and a great fit for the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention they also have that college connection similar to the Jamar Chase Joe Burrow one. That is true. Plays so a big role. Factor. So why I could also possibly see them going with Waddle there. It just depends on who they like more out of Smith or Waddle. Anyways... Coming up at number seven, the Detroit Lions. And uh, 
you know, I feel like this is a pretty important pick, but many people aren't really talking about this, this one as much as the top five or six picks. The Lions could go a number of ways here. Obviously, they have a huge hole at receiver. I think their wide receiver one right now is like Tyrell Williams or Rashad Perriman or something like that. Yeah. But also, at this point in the draft, you have a quarterback on the board who I think is easily the second-best quarterback in the draft, and there's no reason he should have fallen this far. It's Justin Fields. And that's actually who I'm going to take here for the Detroit Lions is Justin Fields, a quarterback from Ohio State. He adds a whole new dimension to the game that Jared Goff just can't. You know, Justin Fields, he's a better runner than Trey Lance, and he's a better passer than Zach Wilson. So this is just the perfect fit for the Lions for them to build around, obviously, during this rebuild stage of the draft. And I think they could grab some – quality wide receivers in the second through fourth rounds to build around. Now, if you're the Detroit Lions, seeing how terrible all around the team is, not to mention the receivers, uh, are you just going to throw Justin Fields into the fire or are you going to give him a year to sit? Because Jared Goff is a pretty competent quarterback. Yeah, that's a good point. I think he would sit behind Jared Goff for a little while, especially, you know, with this whole new coaching staff coming in for them, Anthony Lynn is the new offensive coordinator. I think they need to figure some things out, let Fields kind of learn the offense before they just throw him into that fire in a pretty uh, crap situation. So I do think Jared Goff would start over him for, you know, at least half the season if they were to draft Justin Fields. Yeah, I think that'd be the best way to go about it. Uh, moving on to number eight. I feel like at this point, uh, so the Panthers, they're weak at QB. Mac Jones is the only guy left. And with a talent like Panay Sewell on the board, you can't let that slide any further. You got to go Panay Sewell right here. I don't even feel like I need to explain this one. It's just great offensive tackle. Can never go wrong with boosting up that O-line. So number eight, Panay Sewell. Yeah, I agree. That's the right pick there. Um, I could see them going Slater, but either way, they got to go with the, the O-line to protect their new investment, Sam Darnold. And this will just make their offense better as a whole. You know, they already got McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. It's a great pick for the Panthers. You really can't say anything bad about that one. Um, number nine, the Broncos. <clears throat> who also happen to be looking for a QB. And, you know, if we were doing trades in this mock draft, it's possible that they would have been one of the teams to maybe trade into the top five and, and grab a guy like Lance or Fields. But they had another QB fall to them right here. Mac Jones from Alabama is going to be their pick at number nine. And uh, Mac Jones is going to step into a pretty solid situation. He's got a decent offensive line. He's got one of the best receiving cores in the entire NFL. And I feel like Mac Jones is, you know, behind Trevor Lawrence, the most pro-ready quarterback in this class. So I could see him stepping in on day one as the starter and elevating this Broncos offense with his uh, decision-making decision and pocket passer skills here. And I think John Elway is finally going to get his guy with Mac Jones. Yeah, and you mentioned John Elway. This is a very John Elway pick. Yeah. So – I could definitely see him going with that. Definitely. Uh, moving on from that, my Dallas football Cowboys at 10. 
they could go several ways, but they have to go defense. At the end of the day, it has to be defense. And a lot of people are considering Micah Parsons maybe the best defensive talent on the whole board, but just seeing how they played last year, you have to go corner. And I'm kind of stuck between J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan, but I think I'm going Sertan. He's just more pro-ready, son of a – I think his dad was an all-pro. At least he was a pro bowler. Uh, I'm not sure which one it was, but everything about him, he's the more boring pick, but he's the right pick. J.C. Horn has insane physical stats. Everything about him – he. J.C. Horn has the lowest or the highest floor because of his physical attributes. But Patrick Sertan has just such a polished game. And I think with the Cowboys right now, they just got to go with the safe choice. Yeah, I agree. I do think we've seen Sertan mock to the Cowboys for it seems like months now and nothing's really changed. I fully expect that to be the pick. Um, I'd be a little bit surprised if they went J.C. Horn, but it wouldn't be a bad pick by any means. Sertain's just ready to step in there from day one and be, you know, be that guy across from Diggs, former Alabama teammates. Yeah, and they would have that Alabama connection, so. Yeah. Definitely. Good pick for the Cowboys there uh, with Sertain. And then moving on to the New York football giants at number 11. And I could see this pick going a couple of ways, obviously. You know, the Giants signed uh, Kenny Galladay to that huge deal to be their wide receiver one this offseason. And I could see them adding on at receiver to help out Daniel Jones, especially with a guy like Jalen Waddell still on the board here. Um, but there's a guy named Rashawn Slater still on the board, and I don't think you can pass him up, right. uh, especially with that, that help you need on the offensive line. Many people actually have Rashawn Slater as their number one offensive lineman in this class over Panay Sewell. So I'm going to take uh, Rashawn Slater, number 11, for the New York football Giants. Yeah, and I feel like that's the right pick there. Uh, I'm not going to act like I'm great at looking at film, but there is film out there of Rashawn Slater handling uh, Chase Young whenever they played in college. And you got to remember, he's going to match up against Chase Young twice in this division. So you already know that he could handle him. So that's definitely the right pick for him. Uh, moving on from that, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, who you could definitely go receiver, but hmm, I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of feeling like they're going to end up going uh, linebacker or corner. I can see that. And you know what? I'm just going to go Micah Parsons right here. Okay. Uh, like I said, he's one of the top defensive prospects this year. This Philadelphia Eagles team has so much to work on. I could see them just as easily going wide receiver, especially with uh, Jalen Waddle still on the board. But just my gut feeling right now, I feel like Micah Parsons is too good to be overlooked right here. Yeah, that's a solid pick, you know. Many people had uh, Parsons in their top eight of, the, of their mock drafts a few months ago. He's kind of slid back a little bit uh, due to some off-the-field concerns, but nonetheless, still a great pick for the Eagles. They definitely need to uh, solidify that defense. Um, so, you know that uh, 
that video of like the Vikings draft room laughing at the Eagles after they took yeah. Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Yeah. That's how the Chargers are going to be laughing right now that Jalen Waddle fell to them at number 13. <laughs> this is literally a match made in heaven with Jalen Waddle and Justin Herbert. I mean, this is just perfect. Imagine Jalen Waddle on one side working the downfield, Keenan Allen working underneath. This is amazing pairing here with Justin Herbert. And honestly, in fantasy football, this might move Jalen Waddle up to like number one B for me behind Jamar Chase. I just don't think the situation could be any better. Yeah, and Justin Herbert is just such an animal. So you give him a guy who could just beat people with speed every time, it's going to be hard to contain that. So that definitely boosts him up a lot. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Vikings. Uh, I think I might go quitty pay right here for them. Uh, they could definitely use some help on the defensive line. And I kind of feel like he's the top defensive end prospect this year. So I feel like that's just a pretty decent pick for him right there. I know they could also use some offensive line help, but. I, I would say the two most important things in football is your quarterback and the guy who gets to the quarterback. And I that's agree. what could be taken here. So I think it's a huge need for him, and it could help this team a lot. Yeah, I think Quiddy Pay is a solid pick for them. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised for them to reach on one of the, like, second-tier offensive linemen, like maybe a Christian Derrissaw or a Tevin Jenkins. But uh, – yeah, I think that's a good pick for them right there. That was at number 14. So coming up here at number 15 is the New England Patriots. And, you know, if we were doing trades in this mock draft, they're also another team like the Broncos that might have tried to move into that top 10 or top five to grab Lance or Fields or Mac Jones. But uh, they're stuck here at number 15 today with Parsons and Quiddy Pay off the board. Uh, I think they're going to grab another linebacker here, and that's Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, otherwise known as the Joker. This guy's just a freaking beast. He has that New England hard-nosed attitude, and I just think he's going to bring, you know, something to that defense that it's been missing for a while. All right, yeah, and everyone on a, a Patriots defense always gets coached up, so you already take a guy with really good potential – he could be an animal in that situation. For sure. Uh, moving on from that, the Arizona Cardinals at 16. And I've been seeing things recently that they might try to trade up to get Jalen Waddle. Uh, I don't know how much credibility there is to that rumor, but don't be surprised if that happens. But with their current situation, uh, all those top wide receivers off the board, I'm going to go ahead and go with J.C. Horn. They just lost Patrick Peterson, and, uh, I mean, you just look at their team. They're pretty solid, and I think they might even be trying to compete for a title this year with the moves that they've made these or this offseason. So, J.C. Horn with his physical attributes, he could uh, spread the field a little bit and uh, just help that team out a lot in a position that they need. Yeah, that would have been my pick, too. Uh, you can't let Horn slide any further, especially, you know, if you're of the belief that he has that 
lockdown corner ability, kind of like a Stefan Gilmore or Darrell Revis. You just can't pass on that upside here at number 16. So uh, let's check our time. What are we coming up on here? Probably about 30 minutes. So let's wrap up the uh, first half of the mock draft today, and then we'll get back to you with picks 17 through 32 next time. So just to recap that, how did it go? We went Lawrence, Fields, Lance, Pitts, Chase. Number six to the Dolphins, we had uh, Devontae Smith. At number seven, we had Fields to the uh, Lions. Number eight, Panay Sewell. Number nine, Mac Jones. Number 10, Patrick Sertain. 11, we went with Rashawn Slater. At 12, you went with uh, Parsons, right? Right. At 13, we went with Jalen Waddell to the Chargers. At 14, Quiddy Pay to the Vikings. At 15, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa to the Patriots. And at 16, J.C. Horn to the Cardinals. So uh, thanks for listening to the first ever episode of the Fantasy Football Geniuses podcast brought to you by No Hat Sports. We'll see you again next time for picks 17 through 32 of our mock draft. Thanks for tuning in.